Hello and welcome to the Essendon People Podcast, an unofficial Essendon Football Club supporter podcast. Hosted by Brendan and Mark, Essendon People is a podcast for those who live and breathe Aussie rules and the Mighty Bombers. From the casual fan to the hardcore supporter, if you have the red and black in your heart, then Essendon People is the podcast for you. Thank you for joining us. Let's Let's start start the pod. pod. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Essendon People podcast. Uh, today's episode is a player review, so we'll jump into that shortly. Just before we do that, Brendan, how was your summer slash Christmas break? Oh, it was good. I uh, managed to go down to the beach, just, you know, just a family holiday there, so get a bit of sun, some waves, just and uh, enjoy myself, so it's been good. What about you, Mark? Uh, mine was actually exactly the same. Obviously, we weren't at the same beach because we didn't see each other. But yeah, <laughs> much the same. Yeah, we spent a, a bit of time um, uh, with family and uh, my girlfriend down the beach, and yeah, just kicked back and enjoyed. There's uh, got a bit of sun, and there were some days where it rained as well. We had a bit of everything. Yeah. So, all right. Um, we'll jump straight into it. Player review. We will start with the defenders. And I think we'll just roll through some names and maybe just have some general discussion about it and go from there. So if we're starting our deep back line, maybe start with Marty Gleeson. Yeah, so Marty's obviously on the rookie this year. They uh, they moved him. He was re-rookie there. But I think he's an important player. Or still has some importance in the side. He's obviously a very versatile general defender these days. He can still play well on taller opponents. Um, but still has some pace and some nous to play on some smaller guys there. Yeah, I think I think Marty was really underrated probably two three years ago before he had the ankle injury. Uh, I think he was he was really flying at that point, and then the, the injury sort of set him back. And I think he's very much a confidence player, and I just get the impression that he's lost a bit of that confidence in the last sort of twelve months to eighteen months possibly. Um, and I feel like if he gets that back. He could go up a notch again and, and be really important. Like you said, good intercept marker, runner, good skills. Um, so I think he found it hard to get consistent games last season. But if he can get a bit of confidence back, we might see him regularly in the in the best 22, perhaps. I agree. And also now, at this stage here, he's also uh, quite a senior player in that uh, in that back line there. So he's going to be his voice and just he's a very smart footballer. So helping the younger players around him, I think there's he's very valuable and there's a role there for him. Yeah, for sure. We'll be watching with interest um, how Marty goes. Move on to maybe Nick Hines now. So new new to the – well, sort of new to the club. New to the senior list. Has been at the club previously. So came from St Kilda um, during the trade period. But uh, used to play with our VFL team. Yeah, so obviously was a halfback with our VFL team. Got drafted by St Kilda. They played him forward. Um, I think that – his role with us is definitely going to be half-back. I think that's his best position. I think that's been flagged by the club. He's going to play half-back as well. Uh, it was definitely a spot there for him with the loss of McKenna, Saad and McQuillan, who's left. So I think he'll be uh, best 18 for sure. Yeah, I think you can see, you can see what the, the club and the recruiting department's done getting someone in with pace because we've obviously had two people leave, uh, two half-backers leave that had that sort of explosive pace and um, a bit of dash off half-back. So you can definitely see that 
he's a direct replacement and uh, insurance for that. But um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully having AFL experience now where he's probably more suited to play rather than in the forward line like he played at St Kilda, we'll get to see sort of a different side of, um, of Nick Hind. Um, move on to our third player, which is um, Matt Guelphie. So interesting player, um, Guelphie. Uh, been in the system now for a few years and the last couple of years had pretty pretty decent um, pretty decent seasons. Yes, well, he's, he's a versatile player. I think we've named him in defence because I think that potentially a role that we saw him play a little bit last year. I think he played a couple of games where he was used as kind of like the go-to guy to shut down the opposition um, small to medium forward. Uh, he's obviously previously shown to be really good for us yeah, on a wing or even pinching at half forward. Uh, but I think he can be a valuable guy at half back slash back pocket. A, because we probably don't have a lot of players here that can fill those roles. And B, I think it just his versatility means that, and I will talk about this later, there might be some guys rotating through the midfield and stuff like that. He can be the guy that can play in multiple roles and allow those other guys to rest and rotate and stuff like that. My only observation with, with Guelphie uh, is that I probably, I'm cautious of him playing deep as a lockdown on your likes of like a Charlie Cameron or someone like that. I feel like he, he potentially could get a bit exposed if he gets dragged deep one out um, because his his strengths are probably his his pace and his run um, and his attack on the footy. If he gets if he gets isolated, you know, with the big ball coming in, um, I feel like that's not his his strength. So, if, I mean that that also means that the players around him, his teammates, have to help him in those situations. But that's probably the only thing I would be mindful of if we play him uh, as a deep lockdown role. I I agree. So if we look to someone uh, like. Adam Saad last year would have played that role in the past. We've had guys like Mark Bagley play that lockdown small defender role. Uh, we don't really have anyone that I don't think really stands out in that role on our list at the moment. I think Andy McGrath did in his first couple of years when he played in the back pocket, but he was obviously He's developing now, into a midfielder, yeah. yeah. So I guess, I guess in terms of the guys who are currently on the list who we think we can play that role, I think he's probably going to be the first guy we go to. But I do, I do agree with your point. I think it's going to be a more team effort to kind of help in the air. But also the midfield, hopefully, will put a bit of pressure on so the ball doesn't come down that easy. Yeah, definitely. Um, we might roll into a few guys now who might actually play those roles, I guess, of assisting and floating across. So uh, Jordan Ridley probably needs no introduction now. Best and fairest last year sort of uh, had a really breakout year. So um, uh, put simply, just more of the same from him and and, and uh, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, bloke's up-and-coming star of the competition I think was uh, pretty unlucky not to be in the All-Australian side or at least really close to it. Um, I think as he develops more, yeah, probably more in his body there, I think he might take on uh, a bit more important role in terms of his in the contest. He's really good at intercepting and stuff like that, but sometimes I think he's... Body work lets him down because he's not as big as uh, other players. So I think just as he gets older, you put more size on. I think that's an area of his game that he can really improve over summer into the new year. Yeah, definitely. Um, the next one's an interesting one. Mason Redman. Um, got a pretty big soft spot for Redman 
but he had a bit of a struggle last season, I felt. Um, again, similar to Gleason with the confidence thing, I think. But um, And I think that that was largely off the year before he had a better year where he played up around half-back more often. And I think that that allowed him to be a bit more creative and use a bit of run and dash off half-back. Whereas I feel like last year when he did play in the senior side, he, he had that same issue almost that we spoke about with Guelphie where he, he got isolated in a lockdown role, got dragged deep and got exposed a few times. And I think that that damaged his confidence a little bit. So I'd be looking forward to seeing Redmond go back to how he was playing probably 18 months ago um, with a bit more confidence and a bit more run and attack because he's he's probably the hardest nut in the team the way he goes about attacking the footy so if we can get to see more of that uh, I think that that's that's probably the big thing that I'd like to see out of Mason Redmond yeah I think his physicality is really important and he's I like him when he's aggressive and that probably goes to your confidence thing maybe his confidence was down a little bit both in terms of his form and he had a couple of injuries maybe he didn't have a full pre-season so he didn't feel like he could be as aggressive and attack the ball as he's done in the past. But when he's fit and on form, he attacks the ball in the air, he attacks the player, right? He's really um, really a very good player and someone who's a point of difference in our side. If you look at guys like Gleeson and Ridley, um, they're more interceptors, take a mark, zone off type players. He can do that, but he provides something different at a player of that height. So he's really... Um, He's really a point of difference player. And then I think we'll, I'll talk about this guy. This is my boy, uh, Aaron Francis there. Um, what, what can we say that hasn't been said before about Francis? He could be the best player on the team, but I think he's just it's just about him putting it together. He's the natural talent and ability. You see flashes of it all the time. Like you said, it just doesn't string together that often. There's been... There was games towards the end of, I think, 2019 where he did string it together and he played some good games. I remember a game in Adelaide um, that, he, that he had quite a good good night. But we see we see flashes of it and then we see some flashes of some sort of brain fades. And it just, it's just, at the moment, it just hasn't been strung together, exactly what you said. And I think, I think the question mark was, what role do they have him play? Do they have him as a intercept player? Maybe someone like Ridley... The way Ridley's playing, do they try and change that up? Or they have him as a more of a key position player, as in playing on a man and beating them? Um, I, I, To be honest, I don't know what the answer is. Uh, and I, think, oh. I think whatever it is, I think the coaches just need to back him in, give him a role, and that's his role for you know at least half a year, and just back him in and just say, you're going to play that role for a number of weeks and uh, and let him own it. I think you, I think that's probably the biggest thing is keeping him focused on something. I think that's probably you're halfway there to to then moulding him into that that player and and him stringing it together from there and working it out himself. I agree. I just I just hope he can be the star that I think all Western supporters can see him being coming. Yep. Um, someone at the other end of their career, um, Kyle Hooker. So. Obviously, had a very good career at the club, probably coming towards the end of it now. Um, got him down as a, as a key defender here, obviously, because that's where the majority of his career has been played. Um, interesting, interesting to see now with some of these younger guys coming through, how he slots into that defence and whether we see him there round one or not. 
yeah, and even um, even playing forward there. I know there was last year in the past previous years he's had some back issues there, so maybe his mobility as a key defender now is into his thirties isn't going to be there, especially as you're getting a more mobile off the King Twins type of forward coming through. Uh, but as a and as a key forward, he's proven time and time again to be a very good player deep inside 50 who can beat an opponent and take a mark or at least bring it to ground. I think that his um, best position is as a defender and I think that's where he should start. Uh, but I think there is scope for him to to move forward and, uh, yeah, whether or not he gets a game every week, well, I think will depend a bit on his body and, and who we're playing. And then I think that's kind of similar to the next guy in, uh, in Paddy Ambrose there. Yeah, Ambrose, we didn't really get to see much of, at all of him last year due to injury again. He's had some sort of unlucky injuries throughout his career, but um, a very underrated player. And that might sound a bit biased, I guess, coming you know from Essendon supporters talking about an Essendon player. But this, this one, I genuinely think that Paddy Ambrose is one of the more underrated defenders in the comp. Um, if you look through his history and some of the roles he's played, he is a very good defender and I think him being out of the side um, through sort of the, the peak of his career sometimes at times um, was a big loss to us uh, so I'm hoping you know he's sort of getting on a bit now as well and sort of um, and getting towards the the latter half of his career but I'm hoping he gets a good run at it this year health wise and, and gets to gets to show uh, how good he can be and on, on that point of being underrated he's been the guy I think we've missed a lot because he's the guy that if we talk about the big three key defenders for Essen has been Hurley, Hooker, Ambrose. He's that different type of defender. He's the guy that can lock a guy down. He's got the ability to run with a quicker opponent, but he's got the strength to play on a taller opponent. He's a single focus type of guy, and he's the type of guy that if he doesn't, you know, get a lot of possessions, that's good because you'll beat his man. You can back him in to beat his man. And that's what I think we've lacked a little bit, just a pure stopper. And he's running in his fitness. This is a guy that, for the last 10 years, regularly turns up to every preseason and smashes the time trial. Like, he's, he keeps himself in extremely good condition and, and fitness and, and uh, that it shows when he plays that being able to keep up with the game year in, year out. And I think something that's underrated is his toughness and his selflessness and his ability to push himself and put his body in dangerous positions to help out teammates. And I think having a guy like that on the ground doing courageous acts right, really lifts the team around him. And I think we've we've missed that a bit. Yeah, definitely. Next guy we've got is Michael Hurley, which you sort of have to talk about those three guys together, Hooker, Ambrose and Hurley. So Hurley, probably a very similar discussion to Hooker. I think he's got this year plus next year still on a contract, but... Um, obviously towards the latter half again. And similar thing where he played a bit of forward early in his career and there's a bit of talk about him maybe going back there due to you know some of the, the young guys we've got coming through in defence now and maybe having a few holes at times up forward. But uh, interesting to see you know with his shoulders at the end of last year, I think it was noticeable that he, that was troubling him and that he was not able to fully physically commit to every contest when he was sort of nursing his shoulder through at times. So hopefully he's back in full health and gets a good run at it this year. I think Hurls has been a fantastic player 
for the football club. I think he's definitely best 18. I don't think there could be any side we could have that would be better at having him not in it than what it would be having him in it. I just think the question is going to be, if he plays as a defender, who's his matchup going to be? It might be a week-to-week type thing, and it might be your role. Does he play as the traditional key back, or does he play a more kind of, I don't want to, he's most overused term in football, that quarterback role, you kind of setting up the defence? Or does he do, does he go forward and provide that presence of a, guy who kind of knows what he's doing, can hit a pack, create some pressure, and has helped the side out. So I think it might be a week for week where he actually plays on the ground. Yeah, definitely. Interesting to see uh, how he gets used this year, for sure. Next guy's a, a younger guy starting his career in the defence there is uh, Brandon Zerk Thatcher. So had his probably his first real full consistent run at it last year and didn't... Um, didn't go too badly, I thought. So he's obviously, probably his big thing is putting on a bit of size so he can compete with the big monster forwards. Like, you know, coming up against someone like a Kennedy. Not that he did a terrible job on Kennedy, but uh, I think that that's going to be something that takes him to the next step is being able to physically compete with uh, the power forwards. I agree. I think the time is now... They obviously played him in a couple of games last year when we were undermanned. And I think it's clear that the club see him as possibly a guy that can be the key defend a key defender for the club going forward. Uh, I would think we talked about Hooker, Hurley, Ambrose. Where do they play? What are they? I think a lot of that's going to be dependent on Zerk Thatcher. They, they might even say, "Okay, Brandon, you're going to be the number one, uh, and then we'll work those other guys around to support you and to help you through." Um, but I think yeah, definitely he should be someone that. SNN fans are excited about what he can bring because I think there's definitely... You see glimpses, as you say, a young player, of a guy that can potentially fill a role for us for an extended period of time. The next guy is a new draftee, uh, Cody Brand. So um, key defender as well. So there's probably not much we can say about Cody at the moment. We probably need to see him play... uh, a little bit in the in the VFL on that first before we can make any comment on him. But um, from all reports, uh, a pretty good sort of lockdown uh, old school defender. Yes, yes, and I think as you said, there's not really much you can say as apart from we're looking forward to seeing him play against men in the VFL and see what he does. And I guess that's kind of similar to another draftee in Zach Reed uh, was drafted out of the Gippsland Power. Key defender, uh, quite tall, good skills either side. Um, I think with with those two in particular, I think mention was uh, Reed was the best key defender for Vic Country. Brand was the best key defender for Vic Metro. Um, so they've definitely got talent. I think it's just having Mister Euro Football need to put some size on, get them up to kind of physically able to play, and then then playing against men and then going against. Players who are bigger, stronger, more experienced—that type of thing—and that's probably uh, probably to round out the key defenders. Um, Kean McBride, um, the young Irish guy, has been with us now for a couple of years. Uh, same thing. He's showing some real promise at the VFL level. Um, it probably COVID probably has impacted someone like that more than almost anyone else on the team because he's 
he's at a sort of a crucial stage of developing those skills, being that he hasn't grown up with the sport. So those guys, you know, if they miss game time, it's, uh, you know, even at VFL level or, or what have you, it's it's uh, possibly setting him back a little bit further than it would have. But, um, yeah, interested again to see how he goes in the VFL. I agree. Um, we'll quickly just roll through some rotating and resting uh, kind of defenders who might come through these role, this area, I guess, of, of the field as well. Devin Smith, uh, at times we saw play sort of off a half-back role, um, and probably the same with Tommy Cutler. So those two guys, we could see those guys doing that again this year, really, couldn't we? Yeah, yeah. I think um, Smith, this, he played that kind of half-back role. Like also, someone like Zaharak has played a little bit last year as well, kind of more that mature head, user skills, chat a bit. Uh, so I think the, that happening again. Cutler obviously played as a halfback at Brisbane. I think was kind of more looking to play a wing at Essendon. Um, I had a bit of promise last year, but I don't think maybe COVID didn't work out for him or something like that. It didn't help. I think the, the big chat over summers being uh, the captain, Dyson Heppel, coming back. Uh, to halfback line where he started his career he was obviously rising star and uh, at halfback but um, yeah I think it's, I think what's the best thing for Dyson is just get his body right I could see it, yeah you're right if he gets his body right I could, I could really see him playing off halfback and being pretty valuable he's not he's not the most pacey guy but he's a really smart footballer uh, and I think that, that that's enough to um, to still allow him to play a really good role across halfback so I yeah I would be keen to see that um if the midfield's too too full and we need to find a spot for him to go to give someone else an opportunity in the middle. So, uh, Someone else who's been spoken about potentially playing a bit of key defence um, is James Stewart. So obviously played all his time with us as a forward. We saw one game, I think, at the end of last year where he played a bit of yeah, um, defence against Port Adelaide. And he went pretty well. I know it's only one game, but um, nice to have the option to be able to send someone else back if there's an injury or if you just need to change things up a little bit. So that'll be one that we, we keep an eye on this year too to see if that happens. Yeah, I think he might be a guy that they, if they do decide to make a switch with Hurley, he could be the guy that goes back. Kind of, it's a bit taller, athletic, right? It's kind of that different type of defender to what Hurley is. And he and Hurley's obviously a different type of forward to what Stewart is. So I think that, I mentioned we a bit earlier with her, that horses for courses match up what what's going to best help the team. I think that could be a thing. And then other than that, I think real quickly we'll touch on uh, Brandon Ham and uh, Nick Cox. Obviously, I think big talk has been with Cox, he's going to play on a wing, potentially. Uh, and Ham's obviously, I think, is a wingman, but I think they've both shown there's potential for them at um, in the back line there. Yep. So we'll, uh, yeah, again, yeah, Cox, we We'll uh we'll probably get to see him at VFL level first, and then we'll get a good indication of of where they're where they're looking to play him. Um, we'll move into the engine room, into the midfield. Uh, so we'll start with Andy McGrath. Uh, had a really good year last year, and would be looking to spend probably even more time now in the midfield, um, and just build on that that he already had last year. So hopefully he's over that uh, that injury that he picked up uh, at the very end of last year, and can have another good crack at it this year. I, I agree. I think that that injury, I think, probably cost him the best and fairest there. I think the question is now, is he now, uh, him or Merritt, is our number one midfielder? I think he really came on as a midfielder. We talked about him starting his career at, at half-back or in the back pocket and moving to a wing, but he's a, he's a midfielder now. 
there's lots of talk about his leadership around the club, how he's driving standards, and that's obviously a good thing, someone that the players respect. But I think if we were going to pick our best side, uh, he's certainly on baller first choice. Yeah, definitely. The next guy is one that it's just about getting midfield minutes for this guy is Darcy Parrish. So turns it on when he goes into the midfield, but just doesn't get himself in there often enough or the, I guess doesn't get put in there often enough, uh, gets sort of stuck on a half forward flank um, just through, I guess, opportunity. So uh, I think both me and you are on the same page here. We'd love to see Parrish given some serious midfield minutes and get to show what he can do. Um, He's physically in good condition uh, by all reports and, and uh, had another big preseason. So hopefully he can do similar to what McGrath did and sort of Langford as well a little bit last year and just sort of take another another step up, even though he did last year, go go another step again. So that would be one that we'd be keen to watch, I'm sure. I agree. If you want the side to get better, you've got to play guys in their best position. His best position is as a starting square midfielder. Every time he's gone in there, even from his first year, he's proven to be effective at that role, and just got to play him there. You know, we can understand rotations of being a young player and stuff like that. But the time is the time is now. I think he might be even his fifth fifth year at, at AFL level. He's a midfielder. It's obvious to everyone. Just play him in his best role. He'll go better. The side will go better. He'll make teammates better. It's, it's time a, to make the logical decision. It's a no brainer yeah. for sure. Um, Langford is our next one. Kyle Langford, so had a good year last year and I think really showed his strengths, uh, which is that, you know, maybe he's not the, uh, you know, 90% midfield time guy, but he is the guy who can give you some overhead marking around the ground and he can float forward and he can kick you potentially two or three goals in a game. Um, or even if he kicks you one, it's one more than you might get from another similar player. So I think... He really found his strengths and got to show them, and he just needs to do that again, really, because he, he had a ripper year last year and uh, just just needs to repeat what he did, essentially. Overhead marking is critical to his game. We've got a got a bit of a smaller midfield. He's that taller guy that can stop the play. Right, The ball comes from halfback. He can, can take a mark, stop the play, kind of give you that extra five, eight seconds, look up the ground, make a good decision. Uh, He's a he's a guy that has you know really come on in recent years and hopefully with his size and his running ability and as you said the versatility of playing him half forward playing him maybe on a wing he, he did a role on Paddy Cripps I'm pretty sure last year against Gar so he's a he's a valuable valuable player now and I think question marks in the past whether he's in the side or not they've been answered he's definitely in the side yeah agreed. The next guy is a new player, uh, Jai Caldwell, uh, who's come with uh, sort of pretty big raps from GWS, and he obviously has made it known that he wants to get himself into the midfield and get regular game time. So um, interesting to see how they use him and how quickly they throw him in there and, and give him what he's asking for and, and uh, what he's worked to put all his preseason into. So... Uh, hard to say. I don't really know, to be honest, uh, a lot about Jai Caldwell, but from all reports, he's got very good skills and is a is a very hard worker in and under, blue collar, go in, win his own footy type of player. Yeah, I'm. Oh, haven't he hasn't played a, a lot of football. He's obviously, been some injuries while any time at JWS, but I think um, if he could play a kind of similar role to someone like Darcy Parish, I think that's kind of what we'd be looking for. Uh, 
and then um, they're, they're good to duo, which if you're going to have in a rotation, you could uh, go together. And then I think uh, the next guy is, I think, increasingly our best player in uh, Zach Merritt. And I think um, he's kind of had a bit of a different role last year. He's kind of pushed more to the outside on a, on a wing. Still had a very good year. I think he finished top 10 in the Coaches Association votes, which is, a, I personally think, is a the mark, the award that you want to you want to be acknowledged as a player. Uh, but his best football, I think, is as an inside mid. I think in the years he's won the best and fairest he's played as an inside mid, and he's proven to be a bloody good footballer. So, like I said with Parrish, play a bloke in his best role, get the best out of him. Yeah, there's not much more I can add to that for Zach Merritt. He's he's everything you want a mid to be. He's, he's hard at it. He's yeah, crashes in. Uh, pretty good skills, smart player. So, um, hopefully, more of the same. And uh, I, I know we're both hoping he recommits to the club at some stage this year too. So, uh, we'll watch his his season with interest. The next guy, Dylan Shield. Uh, started last year with a with a bang. He was he was right up there in the comp in the in the first probably three to four games. Um, got the suspension in I don't know what round it was, and after that sort of sort of fell off the pace a little bit. I felt like, but um, and I think he finished something like tenth in the BNF. So it came as a bit of a shock to everyone. I'm not sure if that's accurate of the year that he had. Uh, I I think he I don't think he had a bad year, but I I think that there's still elements of his game that he can work on to become an even better player. So, uh, and I know that he's, he seems like the type of person that would go away and actually do that work. So it'll be interesting to see if he can um, have another good start to the year and click another gear, I guess. Yes, yes. I think the the criticism Essen supporters have probably made over Dylan has been his kicking at times. Uh, I think I've been known to text you during games saying that Shield couldn't hit the side of a barn, but uh, that's probably a bit rough to be honest because it's uh, he's playing a role in the last couple of years where he's had to go get his own footy and come out and he's under pressure, whereas though he's probably more suited to being the guy who's receiving the ball and and then being the polished one using it. But I don't think he's been able to play that role since he's come to Essendon just because of the personnel around him at the time. I I agree, I agree, and that's why I think. If we play someone like a Parish as that inside role, maybe and Merritt in that inside role, which they're both probably better suited to, someone like Shield can probably play a bit more his natural game, which is the polish on the outside. He is quite a good clearance player, so I wouldn't be you know throwing him out on a wing and and having him not play inside at all. But I think if we're talking about improvements to his game, um, if he could get forward a bit more, not even not saying kick goals and take marks and stuff like that, but but mate, sometimes. Hitting up players, leading outside of fifty, being that connection guy between the midfield and the um, and the forward line. I think that's that's going to be something that will see his game go to the next level. Yeah, for sure. And the next part of this, I might actually group four guys into one: um, Cutler, Heppel, Ham, and Smith. We mentioned all those players in the in the backline potential as well. Um, so we'll just touch on them briefly here, but they, they obviously could all go through the midfield. Heppel obviously has uh, played the majority of his career in the midfield and probably Smith as well. Um, so well, Certainly Essendon yeah, has played in the midfield. Definitely. Too. So Heppel and Smith, probably similar 
in and under players, feed the ball out, just workhorses type of thing. Smith, probably if he can get back to his tackling best, uh, that's probably his his uh, item that he needs to, to come back up to. So um, keen to see that. And then Cutler and Ham, yeah, more suited to probably on a wing, but uh, potentially could pitch it in the midfield there as well if if, uh, if it came to it and they, they needed to give the guys a chop out. Um, the other one is Dylan Clark, who's... Uh, probably struggled to find a place in the team there's probably just been a few ahead of him uh always been very good in the vfl and a very big accumulator in the vfl and um you know feeds it out to the outside runners and and goes and wins the hard ball so had some good games when he has broken into the senior side just hasn't been able to get consistent games yes and um he's obviously last year he played a bit of a different role at times he kind of pushed forward a bit and kind of that defensive forward was able to take a couple of marks and get out the back, kick a few goals. Has played down back a bit at times as part of a rotation there. But I think his best position is as a midfielder. Um, he's kind of a guy that's done a bit of tagging. That's kind of a point of difference from all the other guys we've just mentioned, as in guys who could legitimately play as a run-with player. And... Um, He's also a bit different in that, you know, you've got guys who are fewer a bit small, few fewer a bit pacey, fewer that more taller, athletic runners. We haven't really got a guy who's who's that grunt clearance under the nose of the Ruckman type mid. And that would probably be a role that Clark would play if if they chose to play him there. It's interesting because we, we've probably needed that role. Everyone talks about the big bodied mid. Clark might not be. He's not a small man, but he's he's, uh, you know, he's not. He's probably not the same frame as a as a Patrick Cripps, but um, potentially he could play a bit of that role that we have needed over the over the recent history. So, yeah, hopefully uh, when he's back to full fitness, he can crack into the side as well and show his worth. If we move on to the rucks now. Um, we'll start with probably our main ruckman nowadays is uh, Sam Draper, who's just. The only way I can describe him is he's just a big, wild, unpredictable beast. Uh, he's he's got he shows a bit of something in the, in the games that he's played, and I, I think um, I think the whole whole football community saw that, and um, yeah, there was a bit of chatter about him. So hopefully he can get a full season next year, and uh, yeah, go to a, go to another level and and sort of cement himself as a number one ruck at Essendon. As you said, I think he's he's now going to be the guy they're going to go to first in terms of the, the Ruckman. Last year, it was uh, Tom Pell Japers, and then there was a bit of discussion as who's the number two between Draper and Phillips. I think Draper is now the number one or the guy they're going to prefer to be the number one. I think he's shown in a couple of games he's very physical. He likes to fly the flag for his teammates. Right? He looks to protect his midfielders, which I think is an important role of a ruckman and something that Bell Chambers did very well in his career. Uh, but he's also proven he can go forward and just add a bit of excitement. He's got a bit of personality. He can take a mark. He even stood on someone's head there, you know, and he loves a celebration after a goal, which I think, you know, is really good of a young player to have confidence to do that. And he seems to be a character that's going to kind of uplift the side. So maybe when we're having a run against us, you know, with four or five goals, he can be a guy who can go forward, take a big mark, kick a goal, get some excitement, 
It, it looks like a good team team man. And even the interview after his first game, we lost that game and they interviewed, the club interviewed him and asked him about the game. And you could just tell he was just genuinely devastated. Like at that stage of the year, I think we were pretty shot anyway. And he was just, he was just really personally devastated, which really showed how much it meant to him um, to be part of the club and part of the team. So I think, yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely got all the, all the makings of what we want. Um, in someone that's part of the team and the culture going forward, which is good. Um, the backup for him, I guess, the second choice ruck would be Andrew Phillips, who, just quickly before we go into him, it could still be Aaron Francis, because I don't think they've played in the same team together and there's still some speculation that they're actually the same person. So uh, that's an interesting side note. But uh, in all seriousness, Phillips has been a good pickup as a backup ruckman. He's just a workhorse. He's a no frills. You know what you're going to get. Uh, type of ruckman, which we've struggled to have that probably as a backup ruckman in the last few years, but he plays that role really well, and uh, we're probably fortunate this year to have kept him because I know some other clubs were circling um, Melbourne, Melbourne uh, people who needed needed a, a main ruck. So it's good to have him again because I think he's great for development and and again good for uh, good for culture because it looks like it looks like he drives high standards as well, keeps himself in really good nick and um, and is and is a really good trainer. So even just those things, having people like that around the club, even if he is playing the VFL because Draper's getting a go in the main in the main team in the senior side, then you know him developing players around him that even that in itself is an asset. As, as you said, I think he's a he's a top class professional. Gets himself in the best possible position to play senior football and play it well. Uh, I think he's obviously I think he might be twenty nine or thirty, so he's had a he's had a full career of experience. He's Played under a number of different ruckmen at, at, at three clubs now, so he's he's would have a quite a bit of knowledge to pass on to someone like Draper who's coming in, and also um, the next guy we'll talk about is Nick Bryan, who um, I think we've both been excited about what he could become. Is he a ruckman? Is he a forward? Is he a forward ruck? Um, I think just his mobility and athleticism for someone so tall. I, th- I think is quite exciting. And I do like the idea of him and Draper as a combination because they're a different type of Rackman. Draper's your more crash-bang type guy, whereas Brian's your more tap, a bit more athletic. So he's obviously probably going to play in the VFL there. Um, probably will for his development... Would be does he play forward first to get used to playing against men, while Phillips rucks? But that transition won't happen halfway through the year where Brian starts rucking a bit more and Phillips plays other roles. But I think uh, kind of what Lewenberger did a couple of years ago with Sammy Draper in the VFL and nurturing him, potentially Phillips can do that for Brian, and then we'll have um, two really young talented ruckmen that we can kind of lock down and kind of build pieces around. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely buoyant about the, the ruck stocks we've got at the moment. We'll just quickly touch on the, the rotating rucks who could probably chip in and help uh, if need be during games or uh, in the event of injury. So um, Peter Wright and James Stewart, two guys from our forward line, uh, definitely could jump in. Uh, Two-metre Peter, obviously called Two-metre Peter for a reason. So he's definitely got the size, played a bit bit of ruck before and uh, could definitely give a chop out. Um in the past, we've had uh, 
probably Kale Hooker and, and uh, Paddy Ambrose jump into the ruck if they've had to at times, um, you know, down that end of the ground or for five minutes while someone's off the ground or whatever. So um, that's another couple of options. And then two new guys who are coming in, um, Cox and uh, Reed as well, Zach Reed. So uh, obviously they might not be in that sort of thing straight away, but we might get to see a bit of them maybe um, getting some minutes in the ruck through the VFL just to, to learn the bit of craft in that, that position as well. So... Um, a bit of depth there in the event that we need it. And just back to the actual mids um, on bowlers and that as well as, as a bit of uh, rotating depth if we want to go through maybe some of those names. Yeah, so it'll be uh, guys that all Western fans would be familiar with in Zaharakis, Snelling, Stringer, Tip and Woody. They've all, they've all in the past done a bit of work as midfielders. Zaharakis more as a wingman uh he's played midfield at times but at this stage of his career is that going to be his role i think that's going to be one of the big questions throughout the year where does he play the majority of his football uh string and tip and woody i think we all agree are going to be best as inside 50 forwards yeah i think me and you probably we want to probably start seeing more minimal minutes of them. We've got so many guys that can go through the midfield. I think me and you probably have spoken about it where the guys like Stringer and Tipper, we, we probably want to see them in the in the forward line more than we see them in the midfield. Um, someone like Stringer obviously does have a bit of expectation to go in there and win a contest at, at an important time of a game late in the quarter. But for the most part, I think me and you probably want to see them more, more uh, forward line dangerous than anything. Yeah, and I think often what happens is they've had to play in the midfield because we need some spark or excitement. And they create that, and then they kick the ball forward. And what we need is a stringer or a tip and woody in the forward line for them to kick it to. But we've obviously, with the recruitment of Caldwell, with the potential improvement of uh, Parrish, uh, with the demonstrated improvement of McGrath and Langford, the midfield quite strong now so if we can kind of keep those guys and even even Hebel coming back from injury you know if, if he's healthy that's another that's another uh, person putting up their hand to, to play that role on the ground too yeah and um, kind of some more obscure guys that might get minutes here and there we've seen in the past have been uh, Laverde Redmond and Cahill you know I think just point of difference five minutes here or there you might need to get them into the game or you might just want to do something different. You know, like we said, with String and Tip and Woody, we put them in for some something different. Maybe those guys, like a, like a Laverde, could use his big body and crash in. Uh, Redman, kind of similarly. Cahill, I think we talked before about Dylan Shield being a guy that can get the ball and kick it inside 50 to leading targets. I think Cahill's shown he's, he's got a bit of that about him. And um, that might be a way to get him in the team, half forward, Wing midfield here, there five minutes. I think that might be. Uh, we won't to talk too much about him because we'll talk about him next in our forward line. There. Yeah, we'll jump into the forwards now. So um, we might start with a guy who we just mentioned as well, who could maybe run through the midfield. It was uh, Zarakis. So he's obviously played a lot of forward line with Essendon and um, and can play that role. So he's a smart smart footballer. Knows where to be and where to get and how to kick a goal and uh, I think before he before he did his quad last year that in that game I think he kicked three or four goals and, and was was really turning it on after having a bit of a slower start to the year and unfortunately got hurt but um, just proved that he he can still he can still be quite dangerous up forward um, given the opportunity I, I think we've said this for a long time in 
David's career. Imagine if he played as a permanent forward. He could kick you 30, 40 goals a year just because he's such a smart footballer. He's a very skilled footballer. And he's actually quite a good mark for a player of his size. So I think maybe as others in the midfield kind of take a bit of role, you know, the decision's got to be, is he going to play a bit more half forward or a bit more half back? I would like to see him play half forward because I think um, that's his best, well, we'll get the best out of him and will be the best for the side. Whereas others can kind of play that more distributor role at half back. But I think over the journey, our forward line, especially in the past couple of years, has had seen so many players in and out. There's been never been a lot of consistency because of injury, primarily sometimes form. So I would like to see Zaharaka settled in that half-forward role. That's not to say he's permanently half-forward, but I would like to think that that's where we see him for the rest of his career. Yeah, interesting to see uh, yeah, how he wraps up wraps up his career, I guess, at the club. Next guy who's just starting his career is um, Archie Perkins, who just got drafted. So he looks like quite an exciting prospect who uh, apparently knows how to find the big sticks and... Um, has a bit of X factor, so it'll be interesting to see if when when he does get his first game, if that's this year, hopefully, uh, whether he gets thrown maybe deep forward to, to play that kind of role. Yeah, or well, I I think um, he'll definitely start as a forward there. Uh, hopefully, progress into the midfield there. But um, as you said, we haven't seen a lot of him, so I can't really make too many too much comment other than say he's, he looks a talent and he looks like a guy who's going to be composed under pressure. So um, hopefully we see the best of him into the future, but maybe do look at what McGrath's done with the opposite of the ground. Start forward, move into the midfield. I think of of the general small defenders, the key guy is uh, McDonald Tip and Woody. He's been our best small forward for a number of years and might have even won the goal kicking last year. So I think we said previously, keeping him inside 50, I think it's going to be really important. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, Tip, uh, Tip is an exciting player. And I think if he if he can stay in that forward role uh, rather than spend too many minutes in the midfield, we might get to see some more exciting style goals and things like that. And uh, that's, that's what he's really, really good at. So hopefully, hopefully he gets to show a bit more of that. Um, Another guy who we won't spend too long on is uh, Irving Mosquito. He won't be playing this year, unfortunately, because he did his ACL towards the end of last year. So he's uh, doing a bit of rehab at the moment and uh, been given another contract. So I presume that he's been told this year to just do your rehab really well, get yourself right, ready to go, and then you'll possibly get an, another contract to, to play again in uh, in 2022. So um, was looking really good last year. Would have been great to see him get 10 or so games this year, but not to be, so uh, we'll hopefully look forward to him seeing seeing him uh, later in the year coming back to, to uh, full health with his knee. Um, another new guy, Cahill, started last year and got got himself some games reasonably quickly as well. He, uh, he developed quite quickly playing the scratch matches and, and put his hand up and, and they couldn't say no to him. And then he actually played fairly well when he played. Just seems a smart player, knows where to get. Um can find space and can be... I feel like he's got potential to be quite damaging where he's one of those players who might only touch the ball, you know, eight times for a game, but he might end up kicking three, four goals. So if he can be that type of player, that's a, quite a valuable 
uh, asset to have. Yeah, I think I think even if he's not kicking three or four himself, he's sending them up. I think he's going to be a real score involvement type player. Uh, another guy is uh, is Will Snelling. Obviously, has done a number of roles for us. Um, I think probably with their midfield at the moment, he's probably going to have to play a bit more forward. Uh, but there's obviously going to be chances for him to rotate in the midfield. And I think just quickly there, um, two younger players in uh, Lockie Johnson and uh, Young Hurd as well. Uh, obviously, neither of them have played a game. Both had injuries last year. But I think they're potentially, if, they're, uh, if we're needing some young guys to come in, a bit of pace, if we have injuries, they're also there. But they're kind of... Uh, more likely to be in the VFL developing their football this year. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll no doubt be watching them closely to see how they go at that level because uh, it's normally a bit of an indicator how you might go in a couple of years' time if you get a game or in a year time. So that'll be good. Um, on to the key forwards. Uh, Peter Wright, I think we're pretty pretty excited about having a, a big guy who hopefully can play week in, week out and just give us a consistent, uh, consistent effort. We've sort of struggled with injuries in the last few years up forward. So if we can have someone like... Peter Wright, who stays fit and just presents well and brings the ball to ground, kicks a few goals himself. That's really all we're all we're hoping for, I guess, out of him at the moment. Yeah, just uh, just a guy who can be a presence up forward. I think can take a mark, bring a ball to ground, be a guy that when the midfielders look up under pressure, they can kick to in his direction. Uh, I think he's proven that early on in his career at the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, obviously, fell out of favour a little bit in recent years with the emergence of uh, young Ben King, and maybe had a little bit of injury as well. But I think definitely by all the interviews I've seen with him, he's a professional who takes his football quite seriously. And maybe the chain of, serious, chain of scenery might help him get his the best football out of him. And maybe now that he's a bit older, some, I think sometimes players kind of get in their own heads a little bit. So maybe the new environment might freshen him up a bit and best football will come from him. I think another guy that might be the partner for as as the one-two punch up forward is James Stewart. Um, obviously has been at Essendon for a couple of years now. He's had some injury, but is a different type of, uh, of key forward to, to Wright. Wright's more your big stand and deliver type forward, where I think Stewart's more athletic and run on a lead, kind of get a bit of a mismatch in terms of he's quite a tall and strong man, but he's also very athletic. So I, I would guess that's probably the full forward, centre-half forward combo we start with. But there's obviously other options we talked about, guys playing different positions. So Yeah, the only the only knock I'd have on Stewart at the moment is just the the, uh, the Ackermanis hairstyle that he's gone with at the moment in the pre-season. That's... <laughs> And that's surely not a good uh, a good path to go down. But uh, anyway, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that doesn't affect his ability to to mark the ball and have a shot on goal. Um, the other key we'll talk about here is is Jakey Stringer. Been really good since he came to the club. Uh, he's been put under a lot of pressure because he's been the main man for a lot of that time. Uh, because we had other key forwards out for large chunks of time, so. He's taken a lot of weight um, on his shoulders during his time, and hopefully this year we get to see him play a more natural role where he's not having to play as know, the number one as the number yeah. one out of the square. Uh, you know, he's not he's not like a Matthew Lloyd back in the day. That's not that's not his role. He's a bit more unpredictable and explosive, and um, and and, uh, and things like that. So hopefully we get to see him play that sort of role and 
and uh, fit into his natural kind of playing style. Yes, and um, I think someone that will be a good good kind of partner for him is Jaden Laverty. Uh, obviously, um, kind of had his injury troubles over the journey, but I think last year proved in a couple of games he was looking, he'd come on a bit, um, then obviously got injured, uh, which has kind of been the story of his career. Um, I think you said once he's never been out of form, just in form or injured. Um, but I, I do like his physicality. He looks like a guy that enjoys the contest. Uh, and that's something I think can be a real difference in the forward line is that a guy that's, you know, I think back maybe someone like Aaron Hamill at St Kilda in those really good St Kilda sides. We had all these other star players or taller players. He was a guy that provided the real grunt and real leadership and was able to, he was a guy that made it all work. So... Yeah, and we've spoken just just about the grunt and being hard at it. We've spoken about a few guys across the lines, like you know Redmond, Ambrose, uh, Stephen Smith, and then Laverde here. If, if we can have a few of those guys like that, who are a bit more, you know, the club's talking about being a bit more blue collar and a bit more uh, workhorse style type of thing. If, if we can have those guys playing um, rather than being injured, that it might help us in the culture and the whole thing that the club needs at the moment so really keen I know both of us are really keen to see Laverde get a really good run in it this year um, and that that physicality I think something that Essen supporters have missed for a long time we look back if you go back to something like 2000 right we, you, people talk about Hurd, Lloyd, Lucas, Fletcher, McCurry, Mercedes all these really highly talented players but those highly talented players were able to play at their best because those guys like Mark Johnson, Paul Barnard, Damien Hardwick, Dean Solomon, who provided that grunt and balanced it out. So I think maybe having a if we kind of look look at the past to go forward into the future, maybe adding a bit more of that grunt is kind of something that will help us going forward. Definitely agree there. The next couple of guys as key forwards, we won't spend too much time on them. Um, because they, we don't know much about them, I guess, at the moment. But uh, Josh Eyre drafted this year and Nick Cox as well. So I think I think Josh Eyre is probably a bit skinny uh, to play this year. I can't see that happening this year, but I think he'll get valuable um, games into him in the VFL. And then um, Nick Cox, there's been a bit of talk about where he'll actually play, maybe playing a wing or something like that. I could see him getting a game this year possibly, but um, uh, whether it's as a key forward or not, I'm not sure at the moment. Um, and sorry, I've missed one actually, uh, which is our boy, uh, might be our boy, Harrison Jones. We're pretty keen to watch this guy play. He was drafted not last year, the year before, and then obviously with COVID, we sort of missed out, plus an injury, a stress fracture. So looking good in the preseason at the moment, and uh, hopefully we can get some games into him. Uh, I think we spoke about in one of the last podcasts that we don't want to rush someone like this, but... He, this could be sort of the year where he starts to break in. Yeah, so I read read recently in an interview there that he's uh, come to the club at 75 kilos and he's now 85 kilos. So he's put on uh, 10 kilos in his 12-plus months at the club. Uh, he's over his injury, which is, uh, which is exciting. I think from what we've seen of him, his limited highlights, he just looks like a natural forward. And I think that's exciting. I think... We've talked about some other guys that maybe have played a bit other positions or 
they don't quite look as natural there. I think he's one that can potentially be a guy that going into the future we build the side around. So, um, yeah. As, as you said, with with Air and Cox, probably going to play VFL, kind of develop his body. But, um, yeah, he's definitely one for the future. And then we'll quickly, very quickly, just touch on the rotating and the resting uh, guys who might come through as uh, rotating forwards. Um, I'll just quickly reel them off because we've spoken about them all in other positions, but Langford, Merritt, Hooker, Smith, Dylan Clark and Mick Hurley, they're the guys that we might see either swing forward in the case of like a Hooker or a Hurley um, or rest forward like a Merritt, a Smith or a Langford um, playing you know midfield minutes and, and forward minutes. So a uh, bit of depth there that uh, with some good talent that might go forward. And like we spoke about before, someone like a Langford, very capable of kicking a couple of goals. Um, well, that that's pretty much the player review. Then we've gone through we've gone through every player on the list and kind of roughly in the position that we think that they that they're best suited or going to play. Um, we haven't put it into our best twenty two, but that maybe that's something that we'll put. We might put together a best twenty two, and maybe we'll upload it to the the Facebook and the Instagram page um, before round one comes as just our take on it, purely just our opinion. Um, so maybe keep an eye out for that on the social media pages. Yeah, and. If we do side that, I think we will do that. Also, send in what you think your uh, best sides will be. So, obviously, you know, where do you think that guys will play? So, like, hooker, is he going to stay forward or back? You know, who's going to be the starting mids, that type of thing. We're kind of looking to get a bit more interactive on our social media channels. So, just kind of what what are your thoughts are? It would be good to hear from you. Yeah, give us some feedback and then we'll, uh, yeah, we'll put together based on that and our own thoughts, what we think the best 22 is before round one. So uh, that that wraps up this episode. Um, keep your eye out on uh, future episodes coming up to preview the season ahead. And go Dons. Go Dons.